Federal News Network's team of journalists bring federal employees and contractors the latest news and information around programs, policies, and people. Download the Federal News Network app to listen live to shows like Ask the CIO with Jason Miller, The Federal Drive with Tom Temin, and more. Bringing you the latest on the technology, pay and benefits, and management issues that impact the federal community. The Federal News Network app brings breaking news alerts, in-depth digital reporting, and more right to you. Available on both Apple and Android. You're listening to Empowerment and All That podcast, your favorite podcast for women's empowerment, hosted by Rita Bautista. It's time to be reminded of the authority of your inner goddess and elevate the power within. Are you ready? Hey guys, this is Rita Bautista, and this is the first episode of my podcast. And I'm here with two of my favorite friends, um, Sanchita and Divya. They're both extremely amazing, empowering women who are just living badasses. So I'm going to let them do a quick little intro about themselves, and then we're going to dive into some loving yourself for this episode. Yes. Uh, So I'm Sanchita Bose. I moved to Houston last summer and had the joy of living with Divya and meeting Rita. And uh, I've learned a lot about myself this year, especially a lot about loving yourself and empowerment. And I'm excited to be a part of this. Rita Street. Thank you. Uh, I am Divya Jay, and I met Rita at 5 a.m. at a workout place. <laughs> and that was very, very empowering in itself. And I, I, I want to say I'm very grateful for having lived, having lived with Sanchita. Um, I am still in the journey of trying to love myself and, and trying to get there. And readers, like quotes and like, I think she said it's like very inspiring. So I'm like looking forward to this episode. Oh, that's great. So I'm excited. Um, so I know you guys have probably noticed I've been posting positive quotes on my Instagram and some people have asked why I've been doing this consistently for, it's going to be 365 days by the time I'm done, but I think I'm actually just going to extend it and maybe branch off and do its own thing, but I'm not sure yet. So the purpose for why I did that actually is kind of grounded in a lot of self-love and um, self-understanding. And I started on this journey about four or five years ago. I had a pretty traumatic, a couple traumatic incidents that kept happening. One that started with grieving once my grandmother passed away and then just other things that started to spiral. Um, I got into some pretty toxic relationships with people that didn't end up working out. And so after that, I realized it was about time to wake up. And when I woke up, I was like, oh my God, I've wasted all this time on not focusing on myself and not putting like the attention and the love that I needed that I was putting in other people, I was giving it to them and I was draining myself of what I needed in order to be the person that was, you know, a little bit more confident and just like outgoing. So, so that was my purpose for why I started doing the uh, Instagram posts. And the other reason is because when I was going through my things, I would always turn to like the hashtags on Instagram. And so I felt like it was my little return or my thank you back to the world for what I was getting out of the messages that other people were posting too. So yeah, so that's my little thing. So what's been your most, like the most 
the message that got the most responses so far and like just kind of touched a lot of people. Oh, wow. It's funny. I posted one on Sunday and I have kind of been doing these little like tests to, uh, to see what actually gets more reactions out of people. Um, and the one for Sunday was don't forget to rest. So like, don't forget to give yourself a day, like a Sunday or whatever. Mm -hmm. And it was my Sunday. I literally like, I was resting, but I had also like gotten my, you know, did my hair or whatever, yeah. my makeup and like posted the photo and I was, I wasn't sure if it was because of the actual message that I put behind it, but yeah. underneath I put my little caption and I was like, you know, watch that reality show, read that book, lay on the grass, like give yourself a minute because we are so focused on going, going, going yeah. and we're so career and goal oriented that sometimes we forget that it's okay to give ourselves that one day to just... Yeah. give back to ourselves and just replenish our energy. So that was probably one of the most, um, I guess, liked or the most engagement that I've gotten on, on posts. Yeah. But it's interesting. I get more text messages from friends now who yes. are like, thank you so much for what you posted. Um, I've been watching you every day. I have a professor of mine from college who's been following me every single day. And she makes, makes it a point to like write something um, and it's just like, you know, I'm following you on this journey, like, and it's pretty empowering and it reminds me that now it's no longer about me. It's more about like making sure that I have that purpose that I started off with. It was just like more thanking everybody for the messages that I was receiving and just, you know, returning them back. So, yeah. There's so much like negativity on social media and even if they, the posts themselves are not negative, you can make them negative for yourself by like comparing yourself to like oh, somebody else's life or something. and being like oh my god their lives are so perfect like oh oh they have this perfect boyfriend with the perfect job and the perfect you know perfect like life and i don't but like, so it's like so rare to find that like inspiration to find that positivity on social media it's just like it's really nice you know no yeah kind of piggybacking off of that though rita i was thinking you know whenever i i look at you and i have known you for this past year and you know, I, I know we all have our things going on, but it really, you really do embody that empowerment, that self-love. But I know, you know, you said you weren't always there. So what, what kind of made you wake up or where did you kind of start getting that inspiration yeah. in yourself? Yeah, that's a great question. I think what's interesting is that sometimes one of the hardest things in the world is to turn the mirror on ourselves and really kind of just do this self-reflection of what's really going on. And sometimes it's not necessarily always the other person. Sometimes there are some things that we are doing that are not healthy to ourselves. I mean, I was drinking way too much. I was not focusing on getting just simple tasks completed. I was, you know, dating the wrong people. And I'm not saying that they were the wrong, they're bad people. They just weren't the right people for me. Um, and I knew it. But I knew that that combativeness was what I what I appreciated at that moment, and it just was what I needed to kind of mask whatever else was going on with me. And so, I mean, and I'm talking about like I've I've gone through therapy, which I am a number one supporter of therapy for any, yeah <laughs> for, for anybody who just feels like there is something that is inside of you that you maybe you can't explain or just emotions that you can't really. Um, communicate to other people because not because you don't know any better but just like more or less because uh, how's that tea <laughs> <laughs> but you know I mean it gives you that ability to just kind of talk in a safe space but not just even the safe space the ability to really listen to yourself reflect yeah 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 
Um, so that helped, but I think the last straw for me on myself was my reflection on a toxic relationship that I had. And I was just like, wow, not just was that person toxic for me. I was being extremely toxic to that person and to myself, you know, but, but I, it just, it was like a light bulb that went off and I was like, all of this that's gone on, it needs to stop immediately. Like it it has to stop right now. You just need to clean the slate. Yeah. get it going. And a part of it started with me like moving from New Orleans. I moved here with like, I literally sold every single piece of furniture, everything. If I could have come here with like a shirt off my back, I probably would have been fine mm-hmm. with that. Like yeah. I literally needed to start fresh and new and like new career, new life, new everything. Like it was like new year, new me kind of thing. And, and it really, I don't know, it became just like that. Something that I knew I needed to continue growing on. And so, yeah, that's, you know, that's kind of what my thing is. But I want to, I want to know what, what do you guys do personally for your own moments of self-love? Like, how do you show your self-love? Yeah. Do I? Okay. Well, for me, I think a lot of it, my big thing, and I'm glad, you know, you brought that up is I have a lot of uh, negative self-talk. I like the, the negative talk Mm -hmm. that's going on in my brain all the time. Like, so you know, when I'm at work, I'm in the OR, you know, um, like I'm, there's just constant, like, you can't do this. Oh, like, oh, you, you can't do this as well as that other person can do it. So I think for me, just taking the time out to not be in that space, to meditate. I started meditating this year. Oh, I'm and a I huge I cannot stress how amazing it is to just try to turn all of that chatter off, just the chatter. And then, you know, for me, a, a, a huge part of it is being active and going for a walk around the block when going for a walk with Rita or just like going to our classes, you know, I just need to turn that chatter that's going on in my brain off. And then a lot of it is reformatting meditation. I feel like lets you refocus your energy. And, and I started doing this a lot, you know, last year, my last year of residency in the operating room, I was like, when I was scrubbing, I'd be like, you got this, you got this, but it sounds so silly, but it just the, the going over the, the mantras in your head and it's just that chatter. I just need to turn it off. And I think meditation really helps and just being active and moving and being outside of my head. Yeah. Because so. I'm always really strong. And I feel like when I do those things, it's really good. But I'm, I'm still like, I think in a phase where I'm like learning self-love. You know, it's like yeah. not something that's like a routine part of my life. It's not something I like think a lot. Mm-hmm. but I don't know like why why do we get into like toxic relationships and like how do we like how do we identify them and how do we like mm-hmm. get out well I, I want to so I don't want to change the subject but I want to say coming from from your side of it Divya like and I think you mean toxic relationships with other people but when I came into this roommate situation with Divya mm-hmm. I would every day I'd come back and be like wow I just can't do this case I can't do this I can't do that and Divya has always been like no Sanchita you're so good I was in the OR with you you can do this and so some of us we can have a top why do we get into mm-hmm. a toxic relationship with ourselves right just me you know absolutely and Divya I think you and not to say like I'm not trying to frame your experience or anything but I think that's something that you do very well you know maybe you, if you have toxic relationships with other people, but with yourself, I think you're like, you can do the, the stuff that you do at work. I'm always using work as an example. Yeah. It's a big part of our lives. I mean, but, 15 years. We just yeah. talked about that. <laughs> but it's like, 
she's she's such a boss, you know? You're such a boss and you make me feel better because one of my toxic relationships is with myself, you know, with all that chatter. But yes, why do we get into those relationships? I think some of it is, you know, we need to learn and I think I've learned a lot about my own relationship with myself this year, mm-hmm. but I don't know, I don't wanna, you know, monopolize. No, that. go ahead. I mean, yeah. that's what we're here for, right? Yeah. Is to really, I mean, I think that's a good, it's a very good question. I think, um, so, sometimes or at least from what my personal therapy journey was right like for me it a lot of it was deep rooted in my childhood and how I was brought up and how I was raised and how I was being talked to as a child and so I thought that it was normal for um those conversations to happen with myself with relationships and so in order to seek comfort I would find people who would also offer me that same toxicity because it allows for that level of comfort that I was used to as a child. Um, and what I realized is that it's the complete opposite for what I need personally in my life. Like the last thing I need is a person that's going to make me feel like I'm nuts. Mm-hmm. I know I'm crazy, but <laughs> like, everybody has some crazy, but you, you know, finding that person who matches your crazy level is what makes you balance, right? Like that person who can help you plan mm-hmm. or, you know, or just like you said, I mean, it's the self love, like like trying to shut the the negative talk off it's not easy but but it's like pushing through that to know that there's something bigger on the other side and just that's kind of how I try because I mean there are days where I want to you know I want to quit I want to stop I want to whatever and and it's because I'm having this internal conflict with myself like Mm -hmm. the biggest battle that you'll ever have in this world is with me myself and I Mm -hmm. have you guys heard that before I believe it. Yeah, so it's like, you know, it's it's really like the toxic relationships sometimes come from the spaces that we are in in that moment when we meet these people, which kind of sucks to say that. Yeah. Because it's really, that's it's a tough pill to swallow sometimes because you're just like, oh man, that's mm-hmm. that's hard. But the good thing is, is once you realize that there are opportunities for you to see, okay, these are the things that don't suit me. So I need to stay away from that kind of thing. Not necessarily a red flag, but more or less, if I feel like my energy is being pulled away from me, or if this isn't something that's suiting me, or it makes me feel more uncomfortable, then maybe this isn't something that works for me. My uh, father always says that, you know, he feels like the world is a kind of a reflection of who you are. Mm-hmm. And he's like, you can create the world that you want to be in. Mm-hmm. And I felt that way about my car in some ways. Like, I, it's such a stupid thing, but like, I like dreamt that car in yeah. being. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it was like nowhere, I could not find a car that I liked at all. And then one day I was like, this is the color I want. This is the type of car I want. And it like magically appeared on the Carmack website. Am I like one of yes. It like feels like a really good fit. But then it's also like I take that around and I'm like embarrassed that these are the kind of men that I've like created that like I'm like attracted to or like that I'm like projecting into the world where like I can't like you know create like the way I created my car a, a partner or like a companion that's like a good fit, you know? But I mean, a car, you know, it's, it's, I, and I know like for me, it's like for, for John, a car is like, it's a, it's a, it's a companion. But like for me, it's like, <laughs> my car is my companion right now. <laughs> so <laughs> I totally feel that manifestation of the vehicle. 
but uh, but you know, a car is is very different from a human being, right? And and a human being comes with their own baggage and all that, all their own emotions, all their own self toxicity or whatever mm-hmm. they've come with. So it's it's I don't think it's a reflection of you at all, Vivia. If you are in a relationship that's toxic, I don't think that's necessarily a reflection of you. That's also a reflection of of this other person. Mm-hmm. You know, they're bringing their own stuff into right. this relationship. You know. And so it's not as simple as this car who won't talk to you and will go wherever you tell it to, you know? (laughs) Or a dog. I don't think a man will do that. (laughs) My dog barely listens to me, so I'm glad I have my car now that you put it like that. Yeah, but I don't think that you should necessarily take that as a reflection just purely of you. You're not the only one showing up to a relationship. Absolutely. Yeah, and that's that's definitely a very big point. It, you know, there are always going to be two people. And in those two people, there are a bunch of different things on both sides. Yeah. But just as you manifested your vehicle into your life, you continue thinking about that thing that you love about yourself the most that you also want to be reflected in the person that you want coming into your life. And I promise you it's going to come. Like, it's interesting that you brought that up about like, oh, I thought about this car. I manifested it into my life. I feel like as much as people think it's crazy, manifesting is such a huge part of our lives. Daydreaming, believing in these things that that we are. It's like, it really does create what your life looks like. And so if you continue to seek that person that's going to fit you, that person's gonna come. Mm-hmm. Like, I guarantee you that in a couple of years, we're all gonna be sitting here probably doing a recap of our <laughs> five-year reunion of this, and, well, and we're all gonna be like, you guys remember when we were like talking about this and yeah. look where we are now? Yeah. You know, like. And I think a part of it also is, is just having faith in that process and mm-hmm. having faith in that. Why do people believe in, I'm not going to try to go down that route, but, oh, yeah. like, but you know, why do people believe in, in a, you know, something and, you know, a higher power or, you know, even if you're not religious, something spiritual, there's a reason to believe in that, you know, it's just about having that faith, you know? Yeah. So. But you know, and this is going to sound really, and this is my own fault. So for a long time, I was putting a lot of pressure on wanting a relationship and trying to be in a relationship so much that I think that also led to a lot of my personal downfalls in relationships because I wanted that supplement to my life Mm -hmm. so much that I wasn't allowing myself to unfocus on that part. Like, I think there's an interesting balance with people and I don't know why, and this is just my own personal perspective, whether it's tried by science, who knows, but I feel like with everything else, you can be razor-sharp focused, right? Like, you guys became doctors. Mm -hmm. You were focused on, I'm going to be a physician, I'm going to be a surgeon, and here I am, you know, and that happens, right? But when we super hyper-focus on people, they also feel that energy is like pressure. Mm -hmm. Have you guys ever felt that from somebody else in return, Mm -hmm. where you feel that like, oh, this person wants me too much, I'm just going to push them away a little bit? Yeah, yeah. Like, it's almost like you have to let that flow naturally for that to be something that comes in so it's like focus on it but give it some room to manifest like I don't know it's it's just an interesting balance that I've found at least for me whenever I was like oh I love this person I want this person to be it and it was just like oh yeah that's that's not the person exactly and and it just and that doesn't I think it's just any sort of human relationships like that like even for example with my brother like you know after 
growing up, you know, I, I felt very mother, or mom wasn't really around, and so I felt very mothering to him. And then at 18 years of age, I was like, I want him to do things a certain way. I want him to, you know, and he's his own person. Finally, yeah. at 18 years of age, my brother and I have a great relationship now. I'm 33, but and he's 32. But at 18 years of age, he's like, you're not my mom, and I'm tired of you treating me like this, you know? And that, mm-hmm. that's that, that getting him feeling that pressure that whole time. I mean, this anytime there's any human relationships, be that romantic, sibling, anything, you know, like someone who can, who has, who's bringing their own personality to the table and who's bringing their own baggage to the table, they're, oh, there's yeah. going to be, there's going to be a back and forth. So it's something that can't be forced. Not it's tough. Mind, so. <laughs> it's, it's part of that. Yeah. So, yeah. What have you guys, what would you say has been, so we're in March, May mm-hmm. of 2019. Oh boy. What have been the most positive events that you've had this year so far? Oh, I forgot to, I won like a $500 research award recently. What? Yes. 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 Congratulations. I, 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 I Boss lady. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I was very, I was happy about that. Yeah. Like, uh, somebody's like recognizing someone. Yes. But that's, yeah, I, I like, I like very much like look forward to like rewards like which you know I it it I, it really shouldn't be that way like I feel like why, why not why because not? I feel like going to work and doing what we do is a reward you know sure. like being able to take care of like the people we take care of like just having the opportunity to like do this it just, that should be like amazing and a reward on the as someone in also in this field though it can be an extremely thank sometimes very thankless task you know you yeah. through residency right. Yeah. So to, when you get some, to me, I like look up to Divya as like the ultimate like academic person. So that no. fact that you like Aww. the fact that you like got something like you've been my like mentor this whole year on this. You know you have the fact that you got that award. You deserve that, Divya. Like that's yeah. amazing. You know. No, it, it felt really good, but then I was like, is this what I'm doing all this for? It's like these silly like you know like oh here's a piece of paper and five hundred dollars. You know what I mean? Like it's. It has to be like a bigger, something. you know, picture. Like, the, like whose life have I changed? But like, you know what I mean. Like, all those people you operate people, on yeah. every day. Like, like, you know, <laughs> like that award did not like reflect all those people that we helped. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Sure. Fair. I really think about it like that. Yeah. But I mean, I think that's a very, very amazing trait about you. Honestly, for you to sit here and say. I won this award and it was great that I got rewarded, but at the same time, like, what's the bigger thing of this? Like, what is there behind that? Like, that's very, that's actually really big on self-love. It's like, you're so, you love yourself at the same time, but you're pretty selfless in the sense where you can give back and also say, okay, I mean, I got this reward and yay, I'm excited, but what is that? How did this help other? Yeah, yeah. I mean, no, the re- even the research that we do, like that, I got a warning for. Like, <laughs> I don't think it's gonna make check of a difference, you know. That anyway, that that's pretty. That's big. That's, big. Not, I, that's not self love. to leave that from the box. Like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's how we're. I mean, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, I think people like the candid moments anyway. So yeah. Yeah, no, but you know, it, that it's a great thing that you got that award and you will yeah. be changing lives even though you don't believe that, that you are. Mm-hmm. Awesome. You're a Virgo, you have to change lives. It's part of our yeah. horoscope. <laughs> Somebody <laughs> told me the other day that Virgos always come in second. Apparently that's a, that's a thing. Ew. 
And then he was just like, don't worry about being first, because Virgos always come second, but you'll be happy in second. I was like, okay, thank you. <laughs> yeah, mm, I love that. that. Start second to me. Yeah. One thing I've noticed um, that I've like started doing this year, which I really like, mm-hmm. is like I'm not trying to be first. I'm not trying to be like the best. If there was like, it's like even from the beginning of the year up to now, yeah. there there were like there's like you know five other fellows besides me, and if one of them is like significantly better than me, I'm always like, oh, how come he's better than me? Like uh, maybe I can do something to be like better. But now I'm like, you know what? We're all on our own journeys. We're all mm-hmm. on our own paths. And I'm really good at like my path mm-hmm. and he's not on my path. So he can be really good at what he does. And I guess I should like learn something from him. And I say him because all five of them are guys. But, um, <laughs> and, and I can like be, I can take some stuff from him and get better. But I like love where I am on my path. And go. it is a very different path than his path. Yeah. So maybe I should stop comparing myself, you know? Which in residency, like that's not the way I was at all. Right. I was like so aggressive or like wanting to be like the best and like you know like i think that's a part of self-love too is not comparing yourself to other people oh that's 100 percent one of the we were just rita and i were just talking about this when i came into this a lot of it i mean with starting with the job too i came into fellowship i always compared myself to the to these residents yeah i was like wow i'm so i'm so crappy you know and that was something that was so like hard for me you know just comparing but we're all on our own path. Yeah. I'm like, really? These, you know, yes, I'm a fellow. I went through a residency. I speak three freaking languages. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. <laughs> you know? <I> don't care. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I, like, we, uh, everybody has their own strengths, and, and you're, exactly, your path is not the same as that other dude's yeah. path. And his path is not the same as yours, or whatever, you know? So, so exactly, I think that's a big thing, is not comparing yourself. Absolutely. Um, and I think this year, I mean, I think we've done a good, I think one of my big things, I've found like a really good, positive group of people that I've, you know, oh. we've surrounded ourselves with. Yeah. Namely you two, actually, oh. <laughs> you know, but, and, and it's true because I think just also coming from the residency standpoint, you know, it's just. I mean, when I think back, like, we were all just in a rat race, and, and we're still all, you know, yeah. you know I mean, I, I interviewed, like, a hundred jobs this year, probably, but it, you know, like, <laughs> yeah. but it, 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 I was like, stop yeah. interviewing since she does, but, like, but I, I feel like I've met so many good people this year, and really taken the time this year to, and I think also my job gave me the time to reflect, to not be so negative on myself, and I think that was one of, you know, those are the positive things that that I, you know, experienced this yeah. year. It was a, a great, and I think back to like, I'll be like, my year in Houston was just a really great, great time in my life, you know? Aww. So, yeah. I also always like, sometimes felt guilty about self-love, mm-hmm. being like, if I like, love where I am now, that I'm not like, motivated to push myself and become better. Mm-hmm. And I like always, how do you guys like, deal with that? Like, that's a really good point. Uh, I, I actually agree with you on um, some aspects of that. Like, it is very difficult when you get to that point in your life where you've figured out that this is my path that I'm leading, so I don't have to compare myself to anybody else. It's a huge moment of growth, right? Because you're like, yeah. well, I don't really have to listen to anybody else anymore. I don't have to, like... <laughs> and I don't have to push myself to be better. Right. <laughs> exactly. But in the sense, staying stagnant is also not showing yourself self-love either, right? Because if you know that you're your actual way that you love yourself is by competing with yourself. Mm-hmm. At least for me. 
that's how I am. If I know that I am stagnant and I'm not doing something to move me forward or propel myself or to learn or anything like that, I personally am at that point ignoring a part of myself that I love the most, which mm-hmm. is my competitive spirit and the ability to continue growing. Right. Yeah. So depending on the person that you are, if staying in the present is what makes you happy, there's nothing wrong with that, right? That is fulfilling your journey of self-love but if your personal journey of self-love is to make sure that you're consistently learning and pushing and and um, learning more about yourself and the path that you're on Mm -hmm. then you would be doing yourself a disservice by not continuing and I also I agree with that and also Divya we we said earlier you're very like myself very and you like we were talking about this legit a few hours ago is we're very future thinking future directed people Mm -hmm. right so your life in two months is going to be so different all of our lives you're looking at different jobs you're moving to a new place do you think you're really gonna might have to cut that part (laughs) just kidding yeah yeah but we're moving to new yeah i know right maybe not you i'll be here but but yeah but um but you know the the fact that you're not going to be in the same place you know for sure you're going to start at a new a new environment and you're going to be challenged and you're not, you know, it's definitely not, you're not going to be a stagnant person, you know, that's just not the, the definition of your life. It's just not going to happen, you know? Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I mean, I really think you're going to catapult in such an awesome direction, but that's the thing is you have to be able to envision that yourself and us telling you that isn't going to be right. the thing that's going to put you there. It's really just how your process and your path continues to unfold for you. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, yeah. All right, so I want to know one word that you guys use to describe self-love for yourself. One word. One word. Ooh. Yeah. It gets so hard at that point, it right? Does, really. Just yeah. one word. Micro level. <laughs> yeah. One word. One word that you describe to describe self-love for yeah. yourself. Mm-hmm. Like if it could in be something simple. Yeah. I guess? Your own personal definition of self-love in your life. For you, one word that would describe that? Massage. <laughs> sleep. <laughs> <That's a good laughs> sleep, yes. Sleep happy. No, just kidding. Sleep. Yes. Um, I think, from, I mean, I, yeah, I, I tend to be a little bit verbose with these things, but no, like. it's fine. It's your, it's your word or words. It's my word. <laughs> yeah. I think for me it's You're like the English major. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> English, it's a soliloquy, but yeah, you know, calling, calling English majors, please. No, but I mean I don't know if I can put it in one word, but I think it's it's just like for me, for the whole thing, it's just I think for me it would be like I am enough. You know? Three words. Oh, that's Got a beautiful it. one. Three words. I I'm am actually, enough. I'm gonna use that for tomorrow. Yes. I'm post that I, that's been a whole that's been a huge thing for me like just being able to reflect on that this year remember the year we went to that yoga retreat like this was like before we met oh, you wow. when I went, we went on this yoga thing and that was the our instructor was like think about what you want to focus on mm-hmm. and it was back in like August and uh and I, my big thing having come into this year in Houston was I thinking I wasn't you know like I just finished this residency I was such a cool baller you know cheap and then I come here and I'm like wow I'm really wow like not so great but that's the thing yes I am I'm on my own path I'm stop stop comparing myself I am enough you know mm-hmm. so that's I think loving yourself is all about feeling that way about yourself yeah so, yeah absolutely I love that one 
So we have massage. Is that your final answer? <laughs> She's like, massage. She does love massage. Oh, God. I still have to go try these Thai massages. Yeah, we, we gotta go. We gotta go together. <laughs> uh, I can't think of something profound right now. How about you? Mine's just, uh, I think I'm, I, I have to use two words, but I think letting go is, is probably my self love, is just, just letting go. And, and knowing that I am enough, right? And mm-hmm. just that my path will unfold. And so maybe that's the way that, you know, you kind of tie all those in together. It's just sometimes as much as I want to control things, say I'm a personal control freak, I need to have control over everything in order to ensure that things are done correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, learning how to let go has been a very hard challenge, but I continue to learn every day. And that's a good, even letting go, see, we interpreted that differently. You said it in like a control free thing. You can also interpret that in like letting go of, you know, bad things that you've gone through, mm-hmm. bad relationships, people who let you down. You know, like I used to hold a lot of grudges. I think that was like me, like, you know, being very angsty or whatever. <laughs> but like against like very important people in my life and like you just can't, you got to let it go. So not only letting go of, you know, trying to control everything, but letting go of things that have hurt you in the past, mm-hmm. forgiving. Forgiving is um, a big I one. I think that's a big, yeah. big thing that I think letting go is really good. Yeah. Good. I think forgiving ourselves too is a big one because I think so many times, especially when you're on this like self-love journey and you're reflecting and you're doing all this stuff and you're like, oh my God, how did I not see that? Or, oh my God, this happened or whatever. And like, you're like, oh, but I'm smarter than that. And, and it's like, at the end of the day, we're all really just humans, like learning how to live this life mm-hmm. in this world together. And like every single person across the board makes a mistake yeah. and, yeah. and makes numerous mistakes yes. day in and day out. And it's like, how do you, you know, when you finally realize that you're like, all right, I have to be a little bit more forgiving to myself and maybe people. So yeah, but yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Something I've been thinking a lot, like I was talking a lot with like other people as well is that he's. You know, for, like, one of the reasons I feel very confident and competent in the operating room is because I've done this for six years. I've, like, seen things go really bad, and I've been taught in, like, this is how you do it. This is what happens when things go right. This is what happens when things go wrong. And then I walk into a surgery, I always know what the exit plan is. Mm-hmm. I always know how to stop and get the fuck out. Um, but... <laughs> in a relationship, you're never prepared for that. Right. Like nobody prepares you, nobody tells you like, this is how you do things right, this is how you do things wrong. And like, and nobody tells you what the exit strategy is. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's in some ways a lot more important than the work we do, mm-hmm. right? Like work is like work at the end of the day, even if it's like doing important work. But at the end of the day, like you come home to your relationship and that's the most important part of your life. And nobody tells you how to deal with those. Mm-hmm. There's no guidebook. There's no guidebook about like raising children. There's no guidebook about how to deal with your parents. There's no guidebook about dealing right. with like marriages or relationships. Yeah. And that's supposed to be like, like I don't know, 60, 70% of your life, right? Like mm-hmm. that's supposed to be a really important aspect of your life. So why do we prepare ourselves so much for like a smaller portion of our life and like don't prepare ourselves for like these big things in life i don't i don't know if there is an ant that's a very good observation yeah. you know right. but i don't think there's ever going to be 
like a class on life, you know? Like mm -hmm. how, how could there be, you know? Like people raise their kids differently, right? There right. is no guidebook, right? right? That, that idea of that, and I mean, I know none of us have kids, like that is absolutely frightening, <laughs> you know? But you see like, yeah, there is no guidebook on relationships, but just like we were talking about earlier, you guys, with every subsequent relationship, you, you're learning, you're seeing right. what you don't want, what you do want, what's important to you, you know? You're creating your own, you know... How to negotiate. Exactly. How do you... How do you... You're creating your own iliac artery injury by having a bad relationship. <laughs> I don't you even know? know what that means, but I agree. <laughs> but it's a bad thing that can happen in the OR, and you know how to deal with that in a very sterile, surgical manner in the operating room. So you, when you have a disastrous or bad relationship or a bad fight with your parents, you fall out with somebody, you learn from every single one of those things. And in Absolutely. the moment, you may not feel like it. It may feel like you're bleeding out your patient, if, as in the arterial injury. But later, when you recover from that, you'll look back and be like, okay, this is what I learned. But there is, I don't think having a guidebook on life, I don't think that that's even possible, you know? And sure, there's people who you know, yeah. promote things and they say, this is right. how I live my life. But, you know, you got to take that. I mean, yeah, I, I agree. Even psychologists, right? Psychologists are there to help you maneuver and learn how to cope, but they can't teach you how to live your life. Essentially, they're allowing you to divulge, to figure out these things on your own. They're just there to kind of help you understand yourself a little bit better, but they don't teach you how to live your life. Yeah. yeah. Right? So there is no real guidebook or like the book of life uh sanchita and divya's guidelines we just have to live it and then from there learn from our mistakes and continue going or and learn the things that you like and yeah. things that worked out and then you're like okay that worked i'll use that i'll take that and i'll move it over here or this didn't work okay that goes over there right like it's like we just learn and i think your example of the work example it's so many things, you know, those six years, so much happened. And it's all, you know, of course you get emotional about your patients. I've cried when I had a pa I lost a patient, you know, but it's just not the same as when something goes horribly wrong in your personal life. Absolutely. It's just not that same level of, you have to have that separation at work, what you do, you know? Well, that's what I'm, that's what I'm saying is that work is a smaller part of I our know. life and we are so emotionally, physically, like, I know, and like intellectually trained on how to deal with it yeah but this our personal life which is a, yeah. obviously a much larger part of our life is nothing nobody's yeah. like you know you need to you know you need to come up with a financial plan together mm -hmm. you need to nobody like nobody tells you anything you just kind of like go out there get on these fucking dating apps and like meet these like <laughs> people yeah like, it's so ridiculous yeah like, why aren't we like well and and you think about like i i, I think that's the thing with our job with jobs anyway yeah. like i went on my 100 job interviews this year and that's what these boss trial and error it's all about trial and error you know and but one of the one of the places i ended up not taking but the uh the officer the medical officer was like what would you change about your your career or and my biggest thing was i wish i were less ne neglectful of my partner and she was like yeah that's she was like, and that lady, she was like grilling me hard. And she was like, that was when she really softened up. And she was like, I wish we, I think that's what a lot of physicians like. I mean, I'm very neglectful of my partner. And like, it's, why you want. You do a really good job though. You know? But like, but, but I really, I really am, you know? And, and it's tough, you know, we do our best and, and he's very patient. And, 
I mean, I think you guys are hitting some really good points on relationships. I mean, I think people try to idolize these perfect relationships, like the celebrity relationships, and a good mm-hmm. percentage of them end up in failure, right? Like, everybody wanted Brad and... Um, Angelina? Not Angelina. Jen. Jen. Jennifer. Oh, yeah, see? That's how, right? We all were like, they're the perfect relationship. And even they got it wrong, right? And whether or not it was for infidelity purposes, which never it works out, but it's like... Yeah. You know, you can be at the top of your game and extremely successful and still not know how to navigate personal relationships. And that's no one's fault. Like, yeah. that's just who we are. It's our human nature. Like, No, it definitely feels like a failure, though. Yeah, it, it does. Yeah. It feels like a very personal failure. Like, it really does. But it doesn't have to be. It, it can be a, lear- you know, a learning lesson. I know, but like, how much? How are you gonna keep learning? I'm thirty four. Like, I'm done learning. <laughs> like, no, but now when I like when I think back, I think I was talking to one of you guys before about this uh, earlier. Maybe someone else, but you know when I I saw like like something that I went through like with my parents. So my parents' twenty four year marriage dissolved. Right? I mean, I mean, it didn't happen overnight. But like here I was when I when that happened. I was eighteen. And absolutely in love with this guy in my freshman year class <laughs> in college. And it was not a mutual situation. And here I was like in tears and concurrently seeing my dad, like, you know, like going, his marriage fell apart 24 years together. And I was like, wow, how did he put up with that? But you know what? He had 30 more years of, of training than I had at the mm-hmm. time and always would have, you know? So yeah, how many more times we're all gonna we're gonna have issues with our jobs, we're gonna have issues with our partners, we're gonna have issues with our friends, our pets, you know. Right. But our kids. But it's it's really it's I mean, I still think there's things to learn from that. I think my dad learned uh in his sixties when his marriage fell apart, you know? Yeah. You don't wanna see that happening, but he's he's like he's really much older. <laughs> but, yeah. You know. You know, I think what's interesting about all this is that regardless to the relationships that we have on the exterior, our jobs, our personal relationships, if we are at our core not 100% strong in who we are or that whole self-love concept, like a lot of that can sometimes also bleed into the other relationships. Mm -hmm. Like at least for me, I know that's 100% what was going on at least in the last couple of times that I tried. And and I finally like this year, I was like, and up. Yeah. I'm gonna give myself a break, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But you know, I'm finally gonna put myself back out there again and see what what you know what goes on. And but it's for me. I know I'm at my best self. Mm-hmm. I'm not financially 100 percent where I want to be. I you know want to continue growing in my career. I want all these things, but I personally know that I'm in my good space where okay, I can now tackle all these things again. Mm-hmm. Like. And, and it's so important. And I think sometimes, at least this is what we've seen, right? And I've heard this from marriages. It's like, oh, I lost myself. Yeah. Like, how many times do you hear people say that in their marriage? Yeah. Or like People they get go, so codependent, yeah. you know? Like and it's, can't. you know, there's nothing wrong. I mean, maybe a psychologist would disagree with me. There's nothing wrong with codependence as long as it's healthy. Yeah. yeah. Right? Like, you want to make sure that you're still maintaining your healthy boundaries of the things that you need to do. I mean, obviously not neglecting your kids and all this other stuff, but being able to create that space that you still exist in this marriage Mm -hmm. as well or in the relationship or in your own personal life 
outside of work, right? Mm-hmm. Like still creating that ability for you to exist is pretty important. At least that's my own observation. Absolutely. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. So can I take self-love and turn it on its head? Like, how do you recognize or how do you stop yourself from getting to the point where you're like, I'm so good that, you know, what, what any feedback you're giving me is like not required because I am like, I'm like happy in my path. I'm really good at what I'm doing. And therefore I don't need, you know, like taking self-love and making, making it into arrogance or making it into ego. Like how do you, how do you like draw that line or how do you like not cross that line where the self-love is becoming ego? Well, I think ego turns it into something negative, right? And, and you can always feel the difference between somebody who's genuinely in this place of goodness versus a person who's now arrogant. Like, if another person can see it and feel it, then you can t- definitely tell the difference between the two. Yeah, but how do you yourself, like, not get to that point, you know? Well, I think if, if you are at that point, like, you're not, you're going to hit a stagnant point, right? You're not going to allow yourself to grow because you're like, I'm such a boss. Like, right. Like, I... You sure. quit and listening and try to, exactly. you're not learning anymore and you're, you're not, not essentially learning, yeah. Yeah, allowing. There's nothing wrong with blocking negative, negative perspective from somebody else, right? There sure. is a good, if you are in a really good place and unfortunately tend to be around negative people, their vibes sometimes, you're just like, okay, thank yeah. you. I appreciate it, but I'm still going to follow my path anyway because I don't really <laughs> need your advice now. Sure. That's one sense of like, okay, I love myself. I understand my path. But if it's another thing for somebody to be like, hey, maybe you should. And if it's actually um, like constructive criticism or somebody's coming with with the intention of love for you and being like, you know, maybe there's something that you might be able to tweak. It doesn't seem like you're on your best or this is this is going on. I'm seeing this. If you start hearing more and more people telling you that, I think that's a red flag for yourself. Right. It's like, hey. Rita, I think you're doing some pretty destructive things. Maybe you should reel it back, back a little bit or whatever. Or it looks like you're up here and you're not, you're not realistic. Or yeah. if you start here, if, if a majority of people are telling you something, it's yeah. probably the truth. If it's just the negative people that you're used to hearing negative stuff from, yeah. right. then, you know, it's a grain of salt. Then you know that you're on your own path and if feeling it. I think it's always checking in with yourself too, honestly. Yeah. You know who you are. And sometimes we try to pile a whole bunch of shit on top of it just to hide that person who's on the inside because we're trying to deflect away from what we're really feeling. So I I truly think a lot of it is just making sure you're always checking in with your emotions and actually feeling what you're feeling to understand, okay, am I, is this like out of ego or am I actually on the right path or, but even then, right? Like we don't genuinely know the truth of that. Mm -hmm. There's no real answer to that. Sometimes I think you do need ego, right? Because ego is not always a bad thing. Right. No. Like for self-preservation, sometimes you need it. But then when does that ego become like... I think it's a balance. I think I could use some more ego. (laughs) Honestly, when you're like talking about work and stuff, you know? (laughs) But yeah, I think it's all a balance. Yeah. Yeah. There may be a a difference between the word ego and confidence. Mm, Yeah. Which I think confidence tends to be a lot more of the positive side. And ego starts to turn into that, okay, this is good, but it could turn bad if if it's played into too hard. Like if we 
put too much attention on our ego, then that can turn negative. But if we're more focused on the confidence and the, like the outcome of the confidence portion of what we're looking at, it might be something that seems a little bit more positive, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. Yeah. Thank you very much, ladies. This was so much fun. I'm so excited. I feel like we're hitting right at like the, I can't believe we talked for 47 minutes. Wow. That was very enlightening. Thank you. Thank you very much. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you guys for listening. Good luck. Thanks for tuning in to Empowerment and All That Podcast with your host, Rita Bautista. Want to help me grow the listener tribe? Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Instagram and Facebook under Empowerment and All That. And remember... Keep it positive or don't keep it at all. Facebook leads the industry in stopping bad actors online. That's because they've invested $13 billion in teams and technology to enhance safety over the last five years. It's working. In just the past few months, they've taken down 1.7 billion fake accounts to stop bad actors from doing harm. But working to reduce harmful and illicit content on their platforms is never done. Learn more about how they're helping people connect and share safely at about.fb.com safety.